Alrighty. Welcome to Generation Tech. This is the podcast where two techies from two different generations talk tech from two different perspectives. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined as always by my dad, Jack. How are you today? Doing fine, son. Booyah. So yesterday yeah. was a big day in in, uh, in Apple world, right? Lots of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. So. I think there was, there was plenty enough to keep a lot of people happy. Yeah. Depending on what, what your interests are. I think there was a little bit of a but, surprise uh, too, though. You know, yeah, there was. I think uh, the biggest one was just the how mm-hmm. how they were went on beyond the M1. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How the M1 is expanding, and it seems pretty clear that you know, um, I, I mean, they, well, let's let's just say it. They they introduced the M1 Ultra, which is basically two M1 Maxes, and remember, the M1 Max is basically two M1 Pros, and the M1 Pro is essentially two M1s. And so they've they're combining these chips into single pieces of silicon. Or to, today they talked about like a, a mesh interconnect between the two M1 Maxes to make the M1 Ultra work. But they also hinted that there's more to come. So I think we're probably going to see an M1 Quadra at some point. Uh, and for those of you who've been in the Mac world for a long time, remember that Mac actually had a computer that they sold back when they were on Power PCs called the the uh, the uh, Mac Quadra, and so um, it'll be interesting to see if they do a Quadra chip, which will be, <laughs> you know, four M1 Pros into ultras. Uh, yeah, or, or well, two, well, if if they stay with their pattern, it'll be two ultras, which is four M1 uh, Maxes. Yeah. You know, M1 Maxes. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I mean, and and you know, because they 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 hinted that they have one more computer to go. And that is the Mac Pro. But at the same t- time, by hinting that they have one more computer to go, the Mac Pro, they indicated to a bunch of people that the long-awaited 27-inch iMac isn't happening. Right? Yeah, well, they've got a, a new display so that you can put that together. And, and right. Except for the packaging. So what they did, the yeah, is they introduced a 27-inch display. And then the computer that will work with that can be any of the laptops, the Mac Mini, the Mac Pro, or the brand new, newly announced Mac Studio. So the Mac yep. Studio is like if you took two or maybe two and a quarter Mac Minis and stacked them on top of each other. It's the same dimensions uh, on each side, but it sits three and a half inches high or three and a quarter inches high instead of the Mac uh, mini, which is maybe an inch and a half high or inch and three quarters high. Yeah, and, and so, unlike the, the and unlike the notebooks, they had to package some cooling system in it so that mm-hmm. uh, uh, because well, the, they got the pro the pro yeah. notebooks have have cooling. The only one that doesn't yeah. is the Air. So That's any of true. them, any of them that had the Pro or the Max chip in them have cooling. And the thing with the Studio is you can get it with the Max chip or the Ultra. So it's interesting because now you got a desktop. You can get the Mini with the M1. You can get the Studio, Mac Studio, with the M1 Max or the M1 Ultra. They don't have a desktop with the M1 Pro in it. Pro. So I'm right. guessing that they're going to come out with a, uh, up upgraded level of Mac Mini. Because they still sell. There's two Intel-based computers that you can buy at Apple right now. 
One of them is the Mac Pro, which has the Intel Xeon chips. And the other one is the Intel Mac Mini, which is still available with a Core i5 or an upgrade to an i7. Which is interesting. i got to get rid of that stuff. Right. So I suspect we're going to find a Mini. So they'll have the Mini, we'll have the M1 and the M1 Pro. And then the Studio will have the M1 Max and the M1 Ultra. And then if you really, really want performance, you go to the uh, to the Mac Pro, which is yet to be announced, and that'll have the aforementioned Mac or M1 Quadra chip in it, right? And I, I'm picking that name out That's of a hat. That's your invention. Yeah, yeah. But they, it's going to have to be faster than the Ultra, right? I mean, the Pro chip's got to be faster than the Ultra. If you, I, I went and looked, and if you wanted to buy a Mac Studio, it starts at at, at uh, a thousand nine hundred ninety nine bucks, two thousand dollars. And if you wanted to max it out with the top end chip, the most memory, and the most disk space, it maxes out at about seven thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And early benchmarks uh, that are online, and again, this is early, and they're benchmarks; they're not actual real world stuff. Uh, says that that machine outperforms the current Intel-based Mac uh, Mac Pros that are out there. So if you're in that business as a business, by the way, that 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 Intel-based Mac Pro, the if you max it out with the uh, Xeon that has 24 cores and everything on it, it um, uh, that was the one that was topping out at you know forty thousand dollars, something like that. You know, and now they they, they just introduced a, a eight thousand dollar machine or seven ninety nine or whatever it was seven six ninety nine machine that's going to beat that in terms of processing yeah. power. So, and and sits in a nice little cute box on your desktop. Yep, they're just uh, pushing on faster than the competition can even think about catching up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this this is a a, a long time future success for apple because when you're when your basic component parts are what so are you much what better, are you doing it sounds like you're you're dragging your microphone along the floor <laughs> oh really yeah you started talking and it, it sounded there you're oh, doing I it did. again oh really yeah i'll be dang well i just touched my hand to the phone i moved it ah. because i thought it was falling off i didn't ah, want to... gotcha okay so that's what it is the um yeah, I think that this this uh, Mac Studio is a very interesting computer. Uh, it's more than I need, you know. For what I do, I don't do anything that's that high end. Quite honestly, my Mini is fine for me. I don't need yeah. that. Um, yeah. The monitor is interesting. It has a uh, an A12 processor in the monitor um, that manages the ports that are on it because it has uh, several different ports on the monitor, um, and it starts at fifteen hundred. And goes up to 2,000, depending on your options. And your options are a uh, you can pay an extra 200 bucks for a non-glare surface where they laser etch the surface so that you don't catch glare because it's shiny glass otherwise. And then there's a I think a 400 dollar option to get the more advanced monitor stand. So the basic monitor stand is a tilt monitor stand. The more advanced one not only tilts but also raises the monitor up and down. Yeah, they want four hundred bucks just for that. So. Four hundred bucks so that you can not set your monitor on top of a stack of books to get it to the right height. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, I don't. It, I don't think they're going to sell a lot of those, but 
Well, yeah. you'd be surprised. But you know what? I think personally, I mean, I understand it's their, their pricing structure and they're going to do what they need to do. I would have liked to have seen them just say, okay, it's 1500 bucks, And guess what? We give you a monitor stand that's adjustable up and down. That's something that people have complained about IMAX for years is that IMAX – you know, all these they, these beautiful, sleek iMac computers, and they're all stacked up on things to get them to the right height for, you know, whoever's sitting in front of them because people are different heights, believe it or not. You know, there's a, a little over a foot difference between my height and my wife's height. We can't sit at the same computer, you know, on a de- at a desk. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if she if she adjusts the the chair up high enough for her to see it, then her feet don't touch the ground. I mean, you know, it's stupid. Um, you know, not having a monitor that adjusts up and down is just I think foolish and them charging $400 to give you something that they should have included is, is, is awful, but you know, it's their business. They can run it how they want. Um, but yeah, the M one ultra is is pretty impressive. I think. Yeah. Back to that, you know, anyway, the, the, the peak performance, everything is really on this whole, uh, event is keyed off that, uh, announcement of, uh, Mm -hmm. of the ultra chip and uh as as you say uh, a lot of people then were speculating as to how they were actually manufacturing of course they didn't talk about that but it seems quite obvious to me and other people that have commented on uh, different articles that they may be trying to do a double die double-sized die with the interconnects uh and then if one one fails which is a much better probability because you got you know much larger chip there uh then then you you just still have you cut it in two then and uh you still have a an m1 ultra uh, what do they call it max uh, yeah max yeah yeah exactly so uh i i think that's that's obvious i i don't know uh, have any idea what the yield on that double size part would be yeah, but uh, but I'm sure they attempted it, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know, and if it turns out it's better than they expected, then well, it's the kind of thing that always improves over time, anyway. Yeah, right. So it's it's you know, initially the yields may not be great, but they'll get better as they go. In the meantime, each each one that fails is not a total loss, right? Generally speaking, sure. probably one side or the other, one one half of it's working. It's it's. You know, odds are anyway. I mean, I'm sure there's somewhere it's just both sides fail, but um. yeah. So I I thought it was a pretty nifty concept just from the, the standpoint mm-hmm. of the manufacturing and and a challenge to to uh, getting the yields good enough to make the thing as one part. You know. Yeah, yeah. They didn't really talk a lot about. I mean, when they they used you know their their fancy little world word about or or, or uh, language about the how that interconnect creates or is created, but they didn't really talk specifically about how that's different than, than how, you know, multi-chip computers are done before, other than they said, you know, we didn't go down to the motherboard and back out because that uses more power and creates more heat. Well, uh, I, I was thinking that somebody in the know about the chips, yeah. but can take that bandwidth and, and immediately decide and discern whether or not that was all part of one die, mm-hmm. because the way you lose speed is by going off chip. Yeah, know, the, the interconnect well, stuff. Yeah, they implied that it w- that, that you're correct that it wasn't. It was all on one one die, and it was and and that it has this weird little interconnect that they you know air quotes never talked about in the previous Mac, um, uh, Mac Air uh, M1 Maxes. 
you know, when they introduced those. But it was it's he so he implied it's been there the whole time, which then kind of leads right into what you were saying is like, well, that means they probably have been trying to make the M1 Ultras from the get go, and those that worked, they would set aside in a bin ready you know ready to use later and those that didn't they'd break in half and say okay we'll use the half that works as a as an m1 max yeah you know and that makes a lot of sense i I bet you within a week we'll see articles appearing by the parts makers yeah uh, with some calculations as to why it's done one way or another yeah yeah well and the the companies like a nantech will get into the real nitty-gritty of it you know they they sure. they look at the engineering of it. So you're right. Uh, these they haven't started shipping yet. So it'll, it'll be a little while before they start shipping. I don't think they start that's, shipping until yeah. uh, uh, the 18th. And that's if you got an early one. I understand that the ship dates are already now into April. So if you wanted to order one, it's going to take you a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that you know, it's it's some some pretty impressive tech and. Um, and put into a nice, neat package. It's interesting that if you look at the um, the breakdown of what the Mac Studio looks like, it it essentially looks like a. I mean, it looks like the guts of the computer are really no different in size physically than the uh, than the Mac Mini. It's just that on top of it, they put these big cooling fans so that they can run them slowly and quietly to dissipate the heat. You know, so they just created yeah. they created a, a mini with a better cooling system. That, that's right. There's a lot of space in there dedicated to the cooling. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, they gave us that little like um, you know quick flyby graphic of what it's like inside during the presentation, and um, it's uh, it's ha- the the entire upper half of it is is really just the fans. Uh, and the reason they oversize the fans is because they want them to be able to run very quietly so that you don't even realize there's fans running. Right. You know, when they're running it. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's an impressive, impressive computer. Uh, yep. You know, I saw one article uh, after the fact that said, you know, based on what we understand right now, this is the fastest, most powerful desktop computer that you could yep. have, could ever have bought in history. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and they're still not done. (laughs) Yeah. And this isn't the top end of the line right now. So, so yeah. So I'm, I'm seeing this as their primary desktop for people who want desktops. And then, uh, you know, if that's not enough, then come back and get our what we'll announce the next time. Yeah. I call it, call it the pro, I guess. I think a lot of people are going to find that the Mac mini is more than enough for them, especially if they come out with the Mac mini slash Mac mini pro, that has the the um, M1 Pro chip in it, um, you're going to find that's more than enough. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's face it. This is way overkill for most people. The the plain M1 chip, you know, in the in the in the um, MacBook Air, is more computer than most people need. And excitingly, that's also now in the iPad Air. That was That's one of the right. other announcements was the iPad Air now has an M1 in it, just like the iPad Pros do, which goes back to something that I have said for a while. And I think I think I, I, it's got to be in testing whether or not they actually release as a product or not. But I really think what, they're going to surprise us uh, at uh, at the Worldwide Developers Conference and on the on iPad OS. There's going to be a new little icon down in the corner and it's going to be the little face from uh, the Finder in Mac on a Mac, and when you click that, 
assuming that your iPad is attached to a keyboard and a pointing device, so in their in their keyboard that has the touchpad, or if you've got a, a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse paired to it, it will then show you that little icon, and you can click on it, and it'll then pop into Mac OS, and you can do Mac stuff if you want. And, Bingo. And so, um, you know. I think we're getting so close to that now that it's worth waiting for. <laughs> I I agree. I, I You know, it's like, well, I think they've shipped the hardware already. I think the, the M1-based yeah. iPads are the hardware that it'll run on, and they want to have the hardware out there in, in enough numbers that when they announce it, people will be able to, you know, download the upgrade and do it. Um, You know, now I have a MacBook, or I'm sorry, an iPad Air 4, which is the previous version, and it's been a great device for me. Um, But I'm seriously considering an upgrade at some point here. Um, And the question is, like, you know, if you wait till they announce that it'll it'll run Mac OS, then you won't be able to get an iPad for a while because everybody's going to buy them. So the question is, well, do I, do I, you know, get ahead of that and and sit on it, you know, is like, I don't know. You know, it's it's yeah. a tough call. It's a tough call. But um, just just depends how hungry you are for the new product. Right. Right. Because, I mean, functionally right now. In day to day use, there's uh, literally nothing. The only thing that different between the iPad Air 5 and the iPad Air 4 was the uh, the new camera that, uh, that allows you to. um you know, it tracks you as you move around. What do they call that? Um, cinema? Dis- no, not cinema. Center dis- stage. Center stage. Center stage. You. Yeah, it's center stage, and it has 5G. That's the only difference. Uh, you know, the M1 doesn't buy me anything in terms of functionality yet. But I'm betting yeah, I, I'm betting that it will. The, the, the uh, Zoom conference that I was on just before we started this, mm-hmm. uh, funny thing, the guy, uh, it was a new guy that was – in the group and when it was all done we were an exercise group we were done exercising and he started talking about his system and how it tracks him and mm-hmm. even zooms in and out mm-hmm. so I, I i don't think center stage has a zoom in and out feature but yeah it does apparently well it, that, that's what he was talking about he didn't say center stage but mm-hmm. i'm everything he said said to me it was center stage yeah he didn't tell you what what device he was using no yeah no. Yeah, center, he just got it. And he was pretty excited about it, you know. Yeah, center <laughs> center stage will zoom in if it and if the if it senses that there's more people there, it'll zoom out to get all of them. Uh, it'll track yeah. you across the the width of the wide angle lens. Um, so it's it's pretty impressive technology, um, you know. Although it's nothing that you know cameras haven't done for quite a while in terms of face tracking and face ID, so they're just applying it in a new way. But I like right. it. I think it's very cool. Yeah, that to me is a feature that I want definitely got to have in my next product. Right. Yeah, and so I'm, but but I'm looking at that saying, well, is that and 5G enough to to say upgrade? For me, not really. But is that and 5G and the ability to run Mac OS enough? Well, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then definitely. So the question is, do oh, I yeah. wait until they announce that, or do I gamble that they're going to announce it and get the hardware so that I have it? You know, it's just I. Ugh, it's a tough call. Yeah. You know, because I, I really get the feeling that, you know, even though processing power wise, um, the the iPad that I have is probably processing power wise strong enough to run it. It's got an A14 chip in it. Um, it's the A series chip, not the M series chip, which means it has less 
uh, less RAM, less less unified memory. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I suspect they're just not going to support it. They're they're going to, you know, if you want to run Mac OS, you're going to have to have an M1 based device. I M- think so. M1 is sort of the minimum for for Mac OS. Um, which you know, cool, great. I just don't have one of those right now. So. Yep. Yep. Anyway, uh, for for the techie world at uh, the conference, I, I think had and hinted at a lot. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, you could tell by if, if the if the Mac Pro is the last one that they're going to do, then uh, a last different computer, last new computer that they're going to do, which is what he said, because. He didn't say it's the last computer they're going to. Obviously, they're going to have other, you know, Apple Mac com- or Apple uh, Silicon computers, and clearly, they're not going to continue to sell the uh, the Intel-based Mac Mini forever. So that's that's got to be upgraded. But the that that then I think a lot of people's heart sank a little bit for those who like the iMac form factor, but they wanted the larger screen because now you don't get that. You can still get functionally that. But you have to decide which box you want to put underneath your 27-inch 5K screen. Because that is essentially exactly the screen that was in the 27-inch iMac. It was a 5K 27-inch retina display. Yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting, too. They said that it has a six-speaker sound system that supports spatial audio. So, yeah. So, you know, I and, think they're they're using their tech from their home pods in, the, in that monitor now. Well, and unlike the iMacs, it doesn't have that box boxy border at the bottom, you know. You get right. this little thin display uh, right. surround. Yeah, so. and and I was very critical of that when they announced the the new iMac. I thought this was the perfect time to get rid of that dumb chin at the bottom of the display, uh, and they didn't. And so, you know, in a sense, I find this a more elegant solution because I don't like that chin on the monitor. So, you know, it doesn't bother me. But I've not been an iMac guy. You know, I've had Mac Minis and and whatever monitors I chose to buy. Well, what seems strange is that with the, with the new Mac Silicon, uh, that, uh, or Apple Silicon, they, they have a small enough thing that they seems like they should have been able to do the iMac without that big boxy thing down there. It seemed like mostly it was the sounds and speakers and stuff that were there. Well, yeah, now they're showing it's not because they have this, this new display with the surround sound speaker and it doesn't have that yeah so. but if you saw if you saw this display uh they showed it end on and if you go to the website you can see it it's probably twice as thick if not a little more than twice as thick as the iMac 24 inch yeah. and so they were going for a, a incredibly unbelievably thin monitor right with the with the iMac and so they put all the hardware like you said the speakers and the and the cpu and everything was down in that chin and that then also gave them sort of an aluminum section that they were using sort of as a heat sink, I think, uh, to help manage temperature. Yeah. Um, you know, so I understand their their, deci- their decisions, but you could have just as easily put the CPU and all that stuff in the stand. It's all aluminum. So you could have right. done that and then, and you know, and then had a nice svelte monitor. And maybe they'll do that later with the 24-inch. Because, because the iMac people want to get away from this thing of a box sitting on the side of their display, you know? I mean, it's just another component. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the purpose of the iMac, get it all in one piece. Right, right. So this is sort of a reversal of that intention a little bit for the higher end. But it does give you the options now. You can have this beautiful 27-inch dis- uh, display. 
And then, like I said, you can run it off of any of the laptops. You can run it off of a Mac Mini. You can run it off the Mac Studio. And eventually, you'll be able to run it off the Mac Pro. Well, in fact, you could run it off the current Mac Pro if you wanted. It's just Intel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it gives you an option that's not the the uh, you know six thousand dollar Pro Display XDR. Uh, you know, and I say six thousand dollars because most people want to stand. And so that's an extra thousand dollars on top. You know, I mean that was clearly a professional device designed for a very, very small niche market. But as a lot of people have pointed out, you know, that was something to replace your forty thousand dollars Sony studio monitor. And so, right. you know, if you can spend six thousand dollars and get something that replaces your forty thousand dollar monitor, it's it's a big deal. But most people aren't going to spend six thousand dollars to replace their you know, thousand dollar monitor, right? So, right. you know, it's, it depends on which which direction you're coming at it from. But anyway, so, this mo- this monitor is about what sixteen hundred. Uh, yeah, it's fifteen ninety nine for the base monitor. Like I said, if you want, <laughs> if you want the um uh the non the nano texture glass, that's another hundred hundred bucks or two hundred bucks. And if you want the uh, the ability to raise it up and down, that's another four hundred bucks. So it ends up getting it to nineteen ninety nine if you want all the options on the monitor. So it's and it does have the option of a Visa mount, so you can mount it to a a swing arm or something on a wall or on a rack mount if you want something like that, depending on how you work. Um, in addition to the the two different stands, the you know what I didn't see is. Anything that allows you to, like, after the fact, say, okay, I've got it on a stand now, but my situation's changed and I want to put it on a visa mount. Well, you know, can I go buy the visa mount separately? Yeah, it, just... it should have an adapter. So, they, they, you know, the, yeah. you don't have to replace the whole monitor. It just it works with any of them. Yeah. You know, I, I, know. I initially I was, uh, I was guessing, because, you know, that was one thing that was, I thought, noticeably absent, is nowhere during their presentation did they tell you what things cost, which traditionally they have. And That's so you, right. you had to wait for the, the store to open back up after the presentation, and then you could go check prices. And I had guessed that they were going to sell their monitor for $2,000. And I guess I was half right. I was pleasantly surprised to see you can get it for $15.99. Uh, but if you get it, you know, with, with all the, uh, with the height adjustable mount and the nano texturing, it's, it is $2,000. So, yeah. so yeah, you know, it's there. <laughs> So anyway, that's 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 a pretty dang nice monitor for that price. It is, it is. I mean, you know, and the only other monitor that's out there that that really does something similar is the um, LG 5K monitor, which is what Apple has pointed people to in in the past. And most Apple people have complained that the LG monitor is not built really solidly, and that the basic design doesn't match the Mac design, so they don't like the look of it. Uh, and in fact, they were saying, you know, it's like I'm spending this money to buy these Apple things. And then the thing that I look at the most, the monitor itself, Apple doesn't give me anything that looks nice and Apple. It looks, you know, I have to go buy this third party one. Um, and that one yeah. sells for uh, I think it lists it at fifteen hundred dollars and it sells for about twelve hundred dollars most places. So. So, yeah, you're, you're paying a bit of a premium to get the Apple one. But, you know, to have everything in a milled aluminum case and stuff, I think you're just, you just know, it's going to be a much more solid mach- uh, piece of hardware. By the way, this article that we brought up to use as kind of an outline says it's a 7K display. Yeah, that's a typo. It's a 5K. That's what I thought. Yeah, if you actually. I've seen that 7K typo several places. I don't know who 
why it's coming up. Yeah, I don't know. Probably because they start typing 27 inch or something, and they get the. But if you if you actually yeah. look at the article, it's a 5K monitor, not a 7K monitor. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and in fact, the their um, their Studio Pro XDR monitor is a 6K monitor. They are both the same uh, uh, pixel density. So, you know, the other one's a 30-inch or 33-inch or something like that, and this one's a 27-inch, um, and they're, you know, the exact, I think it's 218 pixels per inch on the screen. Yeah. So, um, this one, though, uh, I, I had somebody, I read an article where somebody pointed out that this has, the, the new monitor has exactly the same specs as the LG monitor, so it's probably sourced from LG uh, in terms of, like, the uh, nits of brightness and everything. It's, uh-huh. it's identical um, spec-wise. So, you know, if you wanted to save a couple bucks, if you don't mind having a, a less solid piece of hardware, uh, you could still buy the LG and use that if you wanted to. Um, so, you know, yeah. that's out there. And that's if you want a 5K. There's lots of 4K options, too. So for people who want, you know, don't need that. I mean, I've got a 4K monitor, and quite honestly, I'm perfectly happy with it. But Okay, well, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I – I was pretty sure that Apple really wasn't manufacturing those the displays themselves. Yes. That's that's not that's not a very good business for well, a and, company and a- like Apple. Apple doesn't manufacture anything themselves. They they well, I know, but they license all of that out to somebody. So, you know, and in fact, the the panel may be LG, the actual computer might be assembled by, you know, somebody else. I mean, it's sure. you know, they they you know, Tim Cook's the the Wizard O Oh, operations, and so who knows how all that stuff is is lined up. Um, I would guess, though, that if there's any way for them to do it, they're trying to do it outside of China right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Just reading the tea leaves. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I mean, if I had a use for it, I would love to have one of these um, Mac Studios, you know. And the monitor I might want, but it's actually smaller than my current 4K monitor. And, yeah, then it'll be much sharper because it's 5K and, and smaller pixels. But like I said, I'm pretty happy with the monitor that I've got. And I don't know that I want to downsize. I would feel probably that that one's relatively small <laughs> after, if, I, <laughs> you know, if I had to shrink it down a little bit. Um, well- well, this is 27. What's yours supposed to be? Uh, mine, I'm using a 40-inch 4K TV. Yeah. So it's it's 40-inch diameter or diagonal. Right. Same as the, you know, that one's 27. So that's, that's, that's quite a bit bigger than a 27. It is a lot bigger. I can actually size my windows to the same size as that monitor would be. And, it would, and to be honest, most of my windows, are, I usually do keep them sized about the size of a 27-inch. But then to the right of it, I have another one. And, you know, I can have three or four windows open. Um, yeah. on my screen. Yep. Uh, but the actual size that I use and read and work with is probably about the same as the 27-inch. I just get other stuff around the periphery of it, so I can see, like, my calendar and my clock going, and and I can see the the um, uh, volume bars on our recording to make sure that we're actually recording and that we're not peeking out on the meters or anything. That, that, that was the other thing that uh, I thought about. I, I, I was really impressed with the monitor until I thought about the size. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, size has an important advantage, too, so that you can have multiple windows up. Yeah. You know? Well, I think you can do multiple windows on this, and they they may be a little bit sharper than the 4K. But if you can get a bigger one, I think your trade-off 
is probably a better one because yeah. you get the size as opposed to just more resolution. Yeah, it just depends on what the person wants, you know. By the way, too, my monitor, while it's 4K, does support HDR, whereas the uh, new studio display does not. If you want HDR, you have to go to their $6,000 monitor. So there you go, hmm. you know. So I've yeah. got a, a wider color gamut. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, it, everybody makes decisions and trade-offs. You know, I have my mounted Visa mounted to a wall arm above my desk, um, you know, and it sits yeah. a little further away from me than uh, a typical monitor would. So also being that large, that helps. So, you know, everybody's got to figure out what works for them in their space. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and so while I I think this sounds like a pretty impressive monitor, I'm not willing to trade for that, you know, from what I have right now. Yep. Um, but um, they did I have will... another announcement that we haven't talked about. The phone? Yeah. SE. Yeah, the new well, SE3. For, for, most, for most techies, SE is kind of almost a turnoff. That's, yeah. that's for the people that, uh, you know, entry-level yeah. Type person. Now, it's funny. Now, it's funny because SE uh, theoretically stands for special edition, and in most cases, special edition would mean like, oh, this is a fancy, like limited run, you know, special thing, right? But in the right. Apple in Apple parlance, special edition means, oh, this is the cheap phone. This is the affordable phone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That said, yeah, it's no. got the same guts in it as the latest and greatest iPhone 13. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, it's got my uh, my iPhone 10 mm -hmm. uh, doesn't have the uh, fat, as fast a chip as in here with the 15. Mm -mm. You know, A15. Uh, yeah, I don't no. remember where mine started, but it was yeah. 11, 12. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, I've got an iPhone 11 Pro, and then they came out with the iPhone 12, and now they're on iPhone 13, and this is as fast as that. So it leapfrogs a whole bunch of uh, yeah. phones in capability. The iPhone SE 2, which is the one that this one now replaces, had the guts of an iPhone 11 in it. And so that was faster than yours as well. Um, yeah. And so... So, so anyway, uh, yeah. I'm seriously considering downgrading to the phone because the screen is too small. The only things I use on my phone anymore are the primary use is the navigator. I can small so I can always right. take it with me and... And right. The car, right, and it plugs into your car for CarPlay there, so you don't care what the screen size is. That's right. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, and uh, and the five G in there uh, gives you really good uh, cable or network connections. Right. You know? That said, too, though, I don't so, know if you noticed, but they did say that it, it is five G, but it is not five G um, or it's five G millimeter, not the uh, the the really super fast 5G. Oh, is that right? Yeah. But that well, said, that, the really that, super fast the really super fast 5G that only is, is going to work in cities anyway. That, yeah, that you know? that's available for about 100 feet from the uh uh tower and and only yeah. direct line of sight. As soon as you walk inside it's gone. And so yeah, few, few people are going to use that. So it's it's got yeah. 5G as good as anybody's 5G. Yes. Know? Yeah, no, I agree. I just wanted to point that out though. You know the place that it's that that, that ultra wide five uh, G is really going to be used, and I and I know they've put it in a few of them, 
uh, but you won't care about this either. And that is um, like football stadiums and baseball stadiums because uh, it gives you super high speed, but because it can complete whatever it's doing, uh, you know, uploading and downloading at ultra high speed, uh, it then frees up that channel for other people. And when you've got, you know, 20 to 60,000 people in one place, that will allow people to have connectivity, whereas previously you may not have because you had too many people in one location. And right. so that's where that's going to help a lot, too, is with 5G. Um, and you're not going to find me in any ballparks anyway. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> I knew you wouldn't care about that. Well, and the other benefit, too, is is that even though we seem to be coming out of COVID, uh, if you are you know, still wearing a mask or want to choose to wear a mask just to be on the safe side, or say you happen to have, you know, the sniffles and you don't know whether it's COVID or not, or, you know, you just don't want any, anybody else to catch what you've got, uh, being a considerate person, this one has finger ID instead of, or touch ID instead of face ID. Yeah. You know, which quite frankly, is not a bad, not a bad thing to have when you're, when you're, you know, wearing masks as we all learned. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm I'm used to face ID now, which is, works well. Yeah. So that that would be something I, I'm not I wouldn't be really happy to have. But I probably I, I, I probably would go with a less expensive phone. That's just not where I'm going to put my money anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, it doesn't have as much utility to you because, like you said, with the the quality of the or the, the screen is too small for you to see. That's why you use the large iPad. You want something larger that you can zoom in on yep. and see. So. So. So anyway, uh, we haven't really talked about the iPad that they came out with, other than it's got the M1 and 5G yeah. also. Yeah. Uh, I honestly didn't see that it had much beyond that, though. It has the it has the 5G, um, and uh, and it has the new camera, and then the M1, which okay, it's faster, but that doesn't buy me anything or make me care about it in any way, shape, or form, unless they add a feature that I'm guessing that they're going to, but we don't have any proof that they will. So. Yeah, it, and, and it has it has the wide angle uh, for center stage. Right, that's the new camera. Yeah, 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 and that's very well, co- that's compelling. That is, especially yeah. if you do um, like family events where you know you've got multiple people on one end, uh, on your end. You know, like if you know at a holiday, say there's people at my house on the west coast, there's people at your house on the east coast. That's handy because it then will zoom out and get everybody in. Or it'll zoom in on specific people if you know if, if they're the the focus, um, you know, and so that might be valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, the question is: is that valuable enough that it's worth spending the money to buy a new iPad to replace one that's you know a year old for me? You know, and I go, eh, I don't know. Anyway, this thing starts at six hundred. Yeah. Yeah, the the airs are very affordable, you know. I mean, although that's with 64 uh, gigabytes, and um, yeah. while that might work for some people if you're starting new, I already use more than that on mine, so I have a 256, uh, yeah. you know. But surprisingly, I had expected that I would need a 512 gigabyte configuration, and when I looked at it, it was like, nope, I can get by with 256, which was part of my decision to use the uh, MacBook or the iPad Air rather than the 11-inch iPad Pro, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so, yeah, I don't know, we'll see, I I think uh, June is going to be real interesting when they start talking about iPad OS, what is the next one, 16, we're on 15 now, or are we on 13, I don't know, I lost count. I don't even know what number we're on. <laughs> iOS 15, I think. 
Yeah. Points, point something. I don't know. What yeah. The point I think we're on fifteen three right now. Oh. So sixteen will be announced at the um, at the uh, developers conference in developers uh, conference. Yeah. In June, and so that will be real interesting to see if they if they, you know, although I could see them not announcing that and just surprising people with that in the fall if they think they can keep it secret. Yeah. You know. If it doesn't leak well, out, they, if it doesn't leak out in some of the developer beta no, releases and stuff, as many releases as they have for that, that's that's a that's a leak leak tank. <laughs> yeah, there are certain things that they can keep. Yeah, right now we're on fifteen point three point one on iOS yeah. and uh, and iPad OS, so yeah. that will probably be. I, I think sixteen is going to give you a button to say if your device has a an attached. Uh, keyboard and an attached pointing device that you can flip it into mac mode if you want and and it might have to be the apple one yeah they could tie it to theirs although they tend to work with people like logitech and belkin pretty closely um, Yeah, they you know might not want to antagonize those guys because they yeah it's, it's good it's good to have other peripheral builders around you have choice and mm-hmm. not be in the monopoly they never want to be a monopoly right yeah. So so yeah, you know, well and and they yeah, exactly. They and they want to they don't want to be accused of like, you know, locking other people out of stuff. So, you know, when you build it when you build a platform, you've got to walk a line there about what you allow others to do. So, we'll see how that plays out. Yep. So, uh, the only thing we haven't mentioned is Major League Baseball. Baseball, that's right. Apple is stepping into live streaming sports. They're going to have Friday night baseball during baseball season, which means uh, I think what they said is they'll play two games every Friday, so you'll be able to tune in and stream two different games. Um, So it's not like, excuse me, one of those packages where you can, like, buy all of your team's home games or something like that. It's just there'll be two games. Uh, But, you know, Apple has pretty high-quality streaming, especially if you do it through one of their own devices instead of just through the Apple TV Plus app. Um, And uh, so it would be really interesting to see how that plays out, mostly because I'm really interested. It's rumored that Apple is in the running for bidding for the NFL Sunday ticket package. And I have been a longtime subscriber to NFL Sunday ticket but currently it's only available through DirecTV. And so I continue to have a satellite link uh, for my television package because I want that package. If that package goes away, I can go to 100% streaming. I don't have to have DirecTV anymore. And I'm sure that AT&T, who owns DirecTV, knows that. But I don't think they have a hope because from what I was reading... DirecTV has like 14 million subscribers, and like Apple and Amazon both have like 10 times that. <laughs> Amazon like more than that. I think Amazon's like 10 times, and Apple's like five times. So yep. And he, Major League Baseball looks at them and says, "Here's peanuts, guys. Go yeah, away." Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> sign long term contract with somebody who only has a few million subscribers. We we want to reach a wider audience, uh, so we can charge more for our our content, right? Yeah. So. And certainly, Apple and Amazon have deep pockets, so we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, I'm hoping that Apple gets the football package too. That'll that would be really cool. So, yeah. um, I had heard one thing saying that that uh, NFL was going to decide who gets it uh, shortly after the end of the season, and you know the Super Bowl was in February. But now I've heard that it'll be sometime this summer. 
Um, and it's and and realize that's not such short notice because Directv still has this coming season, so that'll be their last season on their ten-year contract. So, uh. so whoever wins the deal won't get it for the twenty-two, twenty-three season. They'll get it for the twenty-three, twenty-four season. Oh, so, so it's a ways off. So Directv will have it one more year, so they get my subscription for one more year. Okay. So, well. But that was sort of it, wasn't it? That was that was the shebang. Um, I got to say though, when they interannounced, when they interannounced, that's really good. Introduced or announced, which one of those it is? Introannounced is not really a word, is it? Uh, when they talked about, <laughs> when they talked about the um, the studio Mac, mm-hmm. that for me was almost a jaw drop moment. It was like, oh wow, that was not what most people were rumored. Most people thought we would get an updated mini, which in a sense you could say this is, but I think they were talking yeah. about replacing the the uh, Intel mini that's still in the lineup now. You know, um, yeah. and well, and we, then maybe we, we, a, uh, replacing the 13 inch M1 laptop, or maybe yeah, well, the new Air. Right? There was a whole bunch of kind of guesses. Yeah, there were a lot of, but nobody uh, that I saw targeted anything like this. Right. And that's why I thought that was sort of the like, whoa, that was not expected. Yeah. Um, and and I and I like that. I like it when Apple can pull that off and go, ha ha, you thought we were going to do this, but nope, we're going to do that, you know? And so, uh, yeah. And they basically, what they did is they, they hit a, a niche that they didn't have this kind of a device before. They weren't upgrading an old device. You know, and when Apple said, hey, you know, by the end of, you know, it's going to take us two years, but we're going to change our whole lineup over to Apple Silicon, they didn't say we're just going to replace the stuff we've got. You know, they rethought it. Yeah. The, the only thing they didn't do is they should have maybe put it off and said, and one more thing. <laughs> yeah, except that the things they talked about before that were all leaked and we knew what those were. So it's like, well, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, they, that's a little Apple tradition there. You yeah. Know? Well, you know, that was a Steve Jobs thing. And I don't think they've really done it since Steve Jobs was gone. And he didn't do it every time. It was only no. for special, like, you know, hey, guess what? We're announcing a brand new product like the, you know, insert whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it was, uh, you know, it was it was definitely meant for those little surprise moments because it loses its power if you use it too much. But this one could have been something like that. But I think if they'd have done that, they would have also had to announce like, oh, yeah, we're also upgrading the MacBook Air, and we're going to upgrade the, the Mac Mini, and yeah. one more thing, and then introduce this brand-new product line, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, they dropped a while back. They had, the, they had the 27-inch iMac, but then they also had the iMac Pro briefly, right? And they right. introduced that before they introduced the Mac Pro, and I think if we understand sort of the process, they were going to introduce the iMac Pro as a replacement for the Mac Pro. But a lot of the um, uh, Mac aficionados, the high-end Mac professionals, said, we don't want an iMac. We want a machine right. that we can put cards into and upgrade as we go and, and you know keep it for a decade if we need to. And so then they well, kind of re- they, they well, backpedaled a little bit. Yeah, and well, I, this isn't that machine, though. This, you know, when you say put cards in, this is not well, the... the uh, the studio. You know? Right. But I don't know that even the Pro is necessarily going to have cards that you can put into it in the way that we have in the past because of the way they've architected this in order to get the performance. But yeah. but the but what I, where I was going was the, the iMac Pro sort of sat in this little area between the Mac Pro and the 
iMac. And now the studio machine mm-hmm. sort of fills both the high-end iMac and the Mac and the iMac Pro position, right? Depending on whether you get the Max chip or the Ultra chip in it. Uh, and then you can run whatever monitor you want. You know, if you have need for studio quality monitors, then you go buy their their big studio monitor. And if you yeah. need, you know, if you're a pro that does, um, you know, music or or programming, then then the regular 27 inch monitor is probably fine for you. You know, if you're a pro that does video editing, then you probably need the the six thousand dollar monitor. I mean, you know, that's just it's it depends on what how you use your computer. You know. Yeah. You know, the word studio, uh, I wasn't sure I liked that for the computer because it's it obviously goes more with the monitor. Yeah. Really. I think, you know, when I think of a studio, I think of the, the, the monitor kind of thing. Uh, and I, I thought that they might have had an ultra computer, you know. Possibly, you know, they could have named the computer more after the chip. But, you know, I think that if especially um, like if you're a programmer or an engineer, studio doesn't, you know, is doesn't ring to you. But if you're an artistic person, a a, uh, a graphic artist of any kind or, uh, you know, a 3D modeler, you work in a studio that, that you think of it as a studio. Right. And if you do any kind of video editing, you, you tend to think of things being done. You know, both studio mm-hmm. as a location and studio as the name of the company, you know, the type of company you work for. You work for a studio in a studio, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it just has slightly different connotations based on on your work environment. So, you know, I think they were maybe trying to appeal to those people who work for studios in studios. Uh, and so that was sort yeah. of the reason for that, because, you know, even though this is probably the most, uh, you know, the highest powered engineering machine for anybody i mean they showed some like you know modeling work being done for physics and stuff uh right. briefly during their presentation um you know you got to think that the physics you know uh, scientists particle physicists don't think of themselves as working in a studio they think of it as a lab but calling it the mac lab <laughs> you know the mac lab doesn't <laughs> doesn't have the same ring <laughs> yeah well the uh, laboratory computer Name, naming is all about marketing, and so uh, I, I guess that's not for the techies. <laughs> that's right. For the business types, you know. Yeah. See, that's what we're, we're missing is Johnny Ive coming out and saying, the the new Macintosh laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a bit of a British accent, yeah, too, right? Yeah. Sophistication there. <laughs> they probably had somebody, like, just say those words, you know, Mac laboratory, Mac studio, and then played it to, like, you know, executives and said, okay, which one of these sounds right to you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, uh, there was a lot that really wasn't verified yet that, that we'll be uh, seeing uh, in the upcoming weeks now, too, regard, like benchmarks of different types. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll uh, round out the story, you know. Sure, yeah. I, I Like when they first start shipping here, they I think they said the 18th, so let's hope that, you know, some of the places that, that normally get these things early will get them and have already ordered there so that they can start, you know, looking into what's going on with these each of these devices like i said um you know the iFixit guys will probably like you know take it apart and tell you well okay here's how repairable it is um uh and i imagine it's not going to be any different than any of the other m1 based devices in that it's not going to be terribly repairable because pretty much everything is on one package right uh yeah so there's not a whole lot that's there to repair um but the uh 
you know, I'm real curious when to get the the more the more techie people that get you know get the chip under a microscope. You know, they'll they'll do their best to to uh, break the package open and see if they can look at the chip and see what's going on there. At, you know. And, and how these things were interconnected and, and how that decision was made. Because I wonder if, you know, they talked about there was this this thing they didn't talk about on the M1 Max that allows them to interconnect two of them to make an Ultra. I saw a few people already making the assumption that that means, well, then they won't be able to do the four-way chip off of the M1 Max, that they're probably going to have to wait till the M2 because it'll be architected with two of those interconnects so that they can then have, you know, you can daisy yeah. you can daisy chain daisy chain the 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 chips um so the question is you know is that the case or does the M1 Max actually is it actually one quarter of the larger chip and they were breaking it in you know into four pieces for the yield and we find right. that out you know whenever they announce the the pro which might be in june you know cuz that would be uh they have done some stuff with the Mac Pro at the developers conference um, or it might be, you know, before the end of the year. I mean, I think when they originally announced the, the Mac Pro, they uh, said it would be before the end of the year. And I think they, you know, like announced it and shipped like three of them in December. <laughs> and yeah. it, it wasn't readily available until the following year. But they did get they, – they met their goal. It was announced and shipped, you know, before yeah. the end what, of the year. <laughs> what, what, what did you think about the ports on the, on the studio? Um, you know what? I think those are fine. Although I don't know, did you notice um, that if you get the Mac, the M1 Max version, the two ports in the front are USB-C. If you get the M1 Ultra, they're USB four, which includes Thunderbolt. So the the ports are slightly different depending on which chip you have. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Huh. At least that's what I read. Now I. I I could be wrong. Well, I'm just looking at the labeling on the thing, uh, and they show, uh, you know, the, uh, let's see, Thunderbolt on the back and not on the front. There's no labeling on the front. It's just the SDC card. Right. And I am and, uh, scrolling down. Okay, so on the front, I'm looking at the Apple webpage to order right now, and it's or the spec page. On the front of an M1 Max Studio Mac, Two USB-C ports up to 10 gigabytes and one SDXC card slot. On the M1 Ultra, two on the front, there are two Thunderbolt 4 ports up to 40 gigabytes and the card slot. So yes, you get four times faster throughput and you get Thunderbolt Thunderbolt compatibility on the Ultra-based chip rather than the Max-based chip. Ah, so okay. again, that may mean something in terms of how useful it is to you in your work case. In my work case, it would be irrelevant. I, I'm not going to, you know, I mean, like, for instance, right. you know, with that new monitor, the uh, they include a three foot uh, USB C uh, Thunderbolt cable. If you want to buy that cable separately, it's one hundred and thirty dollars. Wow. So that tells you that if you want to use Thunderbolt, you're stepping up, you know, like an Big order time. of magnitude in cost. Uh, not only for the, ca- the the cables, but also for the, the you know, devices. Yeah. So uh, if you have a need for that, if you really need that speed, then obviously it's great. It's there. It's supported. For me, I would use USB-C for most stuff just because that's that works for me. 
Yeah. You know, I was noticing on this uh, chart that has all the statistics on it uh, on uh, for for the uh, uh, studio. And they say 90, it drives 90 million pixels. Now, when they were talking about it on the, on the uh, show, they had, what, three of those 5K monitors and, uh, and, a, and a TV. Isn't that what yeah. they had? Yeah, they had a 4K TV and three 5K monitors uh, simultaneous. But they said yeah. they, they didn't show it, but they said you could pretty much do the same thing with their 6K monitor as well. Yeah. You know, they said when they said what, like they said, like eight, uh, six, eight K streams or, or nine, eight K streams, something like that. So if you're doing video editing, you can you can pretty much do anything you can imagine you would want to do. And then some now I'm sure that was all those specs were with the ultra chip and a fully maxed out computer. Right. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. They, they always give the high end when they specs. Yeah. Yeah. When they're bragging about how much and how fast they can do stuff, they're always with a fully maxed out computer, which. Again, fully maxed out computer uh, is is about seven thousand dollars. The M1 Ultra starts at four thousand dollars. The M1 Max version starts at two thousand dollars. So it's literally, you know, you get double the, you get two two chips, and it's twice the cost. Yeah. But by, by the way, the power connector on here looks weird. It's not a. a uh, yeah, like the, the portables, it's kind of got a, a ground yeah. post poster. I assume yeah. that's what the third is for. Yeah, that's I've seen that little like I, I call that the Mickey Mouse connector. I'm sure there's a name yeah. for it. It's a, there's a, that's a standard, uh, and so yeah. it's got yeah it's 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 got a ground on it. I'm surprised they didn't use the um, the like MagSafe connector like they do on the back of the new iMac. Yeah, I was thinking maybe so because every home computer sooner or later somebody's going to step you know bang on a cord. Uh, so well, I mean, you can run it down behind your desk and stuff, and it probably won't come out that way. But I just surprised, you know, they've done so much with magnets and and and, and magnetic attachments, and they like the aesthetic of the click in the place, and they already have that that you know designed. I mean, the the right. it's there, so why not use that interconnect? Um, yeah. The only thing I could think of was the iMac puts the power supply outside of the box. And here, the power supply is inside the inside box. Inside the box. And yeah. so they maybe don't want to use the same connector because then somebody might take the other one. You know, if you have an iMac and a Mini in the house, what happens if you have the same type of connector and the person puts the one with the power supply onto the iMac or onto the Mac Studio, you could cause some problems. So I can see them saying, well, and then and then the option is, well, now do we want a different kind of MagSafe? And it's like, no, you really don't want two different MagSafes out there either. So, so <laughs> yeah, you know. Six of one yeah. half dozen of the other, I guess. But, yeah. But you're right. The Mac Mini uses a two-prong power adapter. Yeah. <clears throat> Up to eight terabytes of solid-state disk in there. Yeah. That's that's a hunk of... It, that's memory. a ton. But, you know, again, if you're doing a lot of, of uh, video work, you know, it might need... You, you would need that to download all of the raw footage from cameras, you know, and then have room to edit and do that work, you know, I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. it just depends on what you're doing. You know, I mean, I use a lot of disk space, but even at that, I've got a two terabyte machine and I'm sitting at just under one terabyte right now. So I've got a lot of space on a two terabyte machine. I can't imagine, you know, given my workload, unless it changes dramatically, I would never need eight terabytes. Um, yeah. I have one eight terabyte drive. It's a disk drive though. 
Yeah. Oh, I've got a 16 terabyte external disk drive array that I back up all my videos and my uh, photos to, you know, but that's, that's, that's basically used for archival purposes. Yeah. You know, I have a, 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 you know, network attached. Well, actually it's not even network attached storage. It's, it's physically attached to an old Mac mini that acts as my archive server. Yeah. So... Anyway, uh, and I have that Mac Mini is the only one that I have. It's subscribed to. Uh, not only does it back up to iCloud, but I have a hard copy here, and then I run a, a app called Backblaze on it, and Backblaze does a cloud storage to a third party. So that machine, because it's got my photos on it, is backed up three different ways. Yeah. yeah. By the way, the presentations yesterday seemed a little different to me. They clearly. In terms of the presenters, it was a female show, wasn't it? I noticed that too. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they had to go to Johnny Cerucci to talk about the chip because he's the guy who does the you know leads the group that designs the the chips. Yeah. Um, and Tim Cook, and then there was one other guy, and that was it. Everything else was talked about by a female, you know, engineer or female lead of something. Um, you know, so there, there was a very prominent female uh, gender. Uh, in you know feeling in the presentation um, yeah. and I think Apple's also making a concerted effort to make sure that they present people of varying ethnicities so there was like a uh, an Indian woman or an African woman or something you know so that, that I, yeah. I didn't notice all the accents and stuff but uh, you know and, and kudos to them for trying to show off the fact that that, that they do have women who are engineers because you know if there's if there's young girls out there paying attention, it's, you know, you can do this too. You know, it's not yeah. just a, it's not just a boys club, you know? Yeah. As a father of, of, of daughters, I, as a girl dad, I, I'm happy to see that kind of thing. Uh, you yeah. know, although my daughters have sort of picked their careers and neither of them pick tech. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's their choice. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, it, it, I, I noticed that it was, it was real obvious that they, um, you know, now my question is, are they selecting females to be their presenters because that's the way they want to present themselves to the world outside? Um, or do they really have, you know, female leads in that many positions of authority, you know, and I'm like, like a lot of businesses, I'm sure they're working to try to diversify their workforce, both in terms of gender and ethnicity. Um, but you know, well, see well, who the they thing, present, who they who they pick to present doesn't necessarily represent, you know, how the, the company's actually configured. Well, the biggest issue in tech has always been the fact that women just didn't choose tech at all for profession. Uh, yeah. I remember, you know, we had one one woman that uh, was involved with uh, engineering in my entire company. Yeah. When I left, you know, when I retired. Yeah. And uh, so it was just getting started. But uh well, and the, the, there's, what, there's been I a wonder. lot of complaints about women who have been in tech feel like that they're, you know, mistreated and and uh, and made fun of by all the guys uh, because it's such a heavily male, you know, area culture, of interest. Yeah. yeah. And the culture yeah. in a lot of companies, you know, I mean, Epic Games has caught all kinds of flack for just, you know, mistreatment of women <laughs> from the top to the bottom. And uh, so, you know, that is a, a social issue. Because, uh, yeah. you know, clearly there are women who not only can, but can can do very well these jobs. You know, it's not like it's it's it's, yeah. bra- it's brain work. 
so that doesn't require you know male genes to 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 be able to do this it's not like you know it's muscle-based you know but 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 it doesn't surprise me that more women got involved with software early on than hardware yeah now i'm i'm sure that's now changing too but it's just uh it was tough to get women to, to go into some of these fields. Right. Well, I think that even just goes back to some of the engineering schools are very, you know, guy-heavy, guy-oriented, you know, run by male teachers and all the, you know, the mass, the majority of the male students are male. And so, you know, it, it, took a, it, it takes a very strong person to go and say, I want to do this, and I don't care if that means that I'm going to be somewhere where, you know, virtually nobody looks like me and deals with the same issues I do. Um, right. you know, but they break down those doors, you know, they become leaders in that industry, uh, you know, or the people at the forefront of that. And then, you know, the next generation, mm-hmm. there's a few more and then a few more. And so, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, um, doesn't have to stay the same if, if, if people are, you know, who are not traditionally, you know, if you're part of one of the groups that's maybe not traditionally in tech, um, doesn't mean that you know you're you know the only person you know uh, who, who's female or of uh you know color or from you know a certain ethnic background that's going to be doing this so um you know and talking about people of an ethnic background and doing things i not too long ago got some software that does photo editing and it's driven by um a uh, artificial intelligence so it's uh, rather than going in and manually making changes on a lot of stuff um it allows me to um to uh go in and like load a photo and then just use some sliders to automatically uh automatically adjust and make dramatic uh, you know, changes, you know, there's, there's templates to say, well, do you want the, you want more dramatic lighting? Do you want less dramatic lighting? And it uses AI to create that and to retouch your photo for you. It's from a, a company called Skyrim, uh, or Skyrim. Uh, and they, uh, have a thing up on their, uh, Oh, that, that's the, oh, wait a minute. Skyrim is the, is a gaming company. It's the wrong, I'm, I'm getting that wrong here. I'm trying to find their website, and of course, I've got it loaded on another computer, not the one we're recording on, so I can't switch over to it without messing up our recording. Um, but, uh, well, actually, I should be able to. Yeah, I'm not going to risk it. Um, anyhow, they, it <laughs> turns out, are based in Ukraine. And they put up, oh. uh, uh, so I was very happy to have purchased software from them. They put up, they just launched a brand new product, literally like uh, the week before Ukraine was invaded by Russia. They put up something on their website saying, hey, we apologize. Um, there won't be any updates right right now. We're, we're not in our offices. You know, we're running for our lives, essentially. Um, yeah. And so, um, uh, or, or it, actually, they didn't say running for our lives. They basically, you know, I think yeah. a lot of them are taking up arms to protect their country. Um, right. You know, and so let's uh, hope and pray that, you know, all the people in, in Ukraine are, uh, you know, fighting for their freedom and, and hopefully they will maintain it um in against some pretty difficult odds. yeah well the 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 change in in just the last day that i found uh online is there's at least two generals that says russia's losing the war yeah well i mean no, in fact they give them no chance of of basically capturing the cities they, they in fact they'd be foolish to even go in them they're so heavily defended 
And that's not the environment that, that they want to go into because they're going to lose more people. You know, it's like insurgency. Uh, they know, you know, the people who live there know the terrain and all the, uh, no, you know, details about what's going on and the people coming in to try to invade don't. And so uh, the, the only thing they can do is bombard the cities and knock all the buildings down. And of course, while that's going on, there's not going to be anybody out to defend them. Well, you know, you just try to avoid the incoming or hide in a cave or something. But if anybody starts to move, you know, move their forces into mm-hmm. the cities, that's that's guerrilla warfare. Yeah, and uh, and the home field has a big advantage. Yeah, you know, so uh, Skylum, uh, by the way, is the company Skylum that S K Y L U M, and Luminar is their software. Luminar AI and uh, uh, Luminar Neo is the new one that they just released, and so I have that software. It's great software, Um, and right at the top they have a thing saying save save Ukraine, defend democracy. you know, they're, uh, I didn't realize when I bought their software that they were based in Ukraine. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you feel a connection when you've actually, like, uh, gotten on with their um, uh, customer support and chatted with them. And uh, yeah. they say they're proud that the majority of their operations are based in Kiev. Today we ask our community for help and support. So, yep. and they've got a link to where you can go if you can, you know donate or give or or you know if you know people in ukraine so um you know can, can you imagine going to work and thinking about all those things making noise outside the window yeah well you know <laughs> you know they're not going to work they're worried about making sure that their families yeah. are safe and that uh and yeah. that that this foreign invaders are not uh overrunning their city and their country and so yeah you know i think you're right i think that the you know the the things that the, well, there are a lot of them going to work. There's there's a lot of businesses, you know, in the food. They still have to eat. Oh, yeah. Are, you know, there's a lot of industries that are essential. Oh, know? absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, you know, just like we had essential businesses happening during the during the uh, deepest, darkest days of COVID, you know, they're trying to, to keep their country running while they're, uh, uh, while they're trying to keep their country, you know, free and independent. So it's... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's just a. Well, I, I I heard an analysis the other night about uh, the uh, real problem with communist countries, and that's what Russia is. Uh, and that is, is their their primary means of of, uh, of winning past wars and dealing with their population was starvation. So the biggest challenge for the people is to continue to get food to everybody who needs it. Mm-hmm. And, and assure that that doesn't get destroyed and, or the logistical networks, you know, have yeah. to remain in play, you know. So anyway, I, it's, I think the, uh, it's been going on long enough that people really understand what's, what's happened to the Russians and why they've bogged down now and yeah. what the needs are. Yeah. Uh, and, well, uh, we we had talked before about the fact that that um, you know that they these anti these shoulder uh, you know one man carried shoulder mounted anti tank and anti aircraft weapons that that we've been uh, and, and and other uh, you know NATO allies have been pushing in there uh, are pretty devastating for traditional ground forces 
that are you know flying driving around in troop carriers and tanks and and you know mobile howitzers and you know a guy in a ditch uh you know a thousand yards away can pop up shoot squat down in the ditch and run away before you even know he was there and he can take out tanks and that's you know well any anyway i almost hate to say it but uh what they're really more worried about right now is uh gas warfare yeah you know that that was used in syria you know by the bad guy there i I forgot his name but yeah uh, and the russians were supporting you know yeah and and all they all they care about is terror weapons you know you give up or i'm going to scare the hell out of you with was you know city by city, city after city is going to go down one way or another and uh so you know mm-hmm. that's that's what's frightening yeah bashar al-assad is the uh, syrian Al-Assad. guy that's that's right he's I, you know i don't know mm-hmm. if anybody's ever caught him yet but there's there's got to be a, a way that no, he's, uh, he's it, still in power it's he's uh he's uh a socialist bath party and uh so yeah he's 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 definitely a um, aligned with Russia type of guy. Yep. Yeah, you know it's it's scary because yeah, it you know the um, the thing with somebody like um, uh, Putin is he's you know is much he, he's of the opinion that when you're when you're in a war to win a war, there is no such thing as things that are off limits, and that's yeah. and that's what's scary. Well, that's why their strategy does not ex- uh, the the military includes nuclear weapons as just another tool. Yeah, and we've never had that attitude toward them because they're so devastating. Yeah, I mean, you just don't let anybody but the head guy make that decision. Yeah, at, at ever. Well, the and, thing is, is they could let the head guy make that decision, and he could make the wrong decision. So you hope that the people below yeah. him uh, have some sense to say, you know what, I, I don't want to be the guy. Who goes down in history is the one who listened to this this bozo and and you know push the button. Yeah. Yeah. In the problem we- the problem is is that if if they if they make that stand, there's a real chance that they then won't live to see the next day because that's the kind of society they live in. That's right. Yep. And so it's you know it's it's very scary very scary you know and it's funny because they've been putting all this uh pressure on the uh oligarchs that they say are you know kind of putin's friends that run russia the thing is is that all of putin's air quote friends who help him run russia all these oligarchs um they don't have you know assassins and and armies that work for them so if he gets tired of one of them he just replaces them yep you know suddenly everything that so-and-so who spoke out against him owned is now owned by somebody else Yep. Yep. Who will do what they're told. So. So. Yeah, the the real problem is trying to find somebody who can take on and and uh, track yeah. the the leader that's causing the problem. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like there's a fair amount of of people who have access to information in Russia other than the government uh news associate, you know, news uh sources that you know there has been some protests there and there's been arrests and there's people who are going like wait a minute guys you know we're not behaving well and the rest of the world is is reacting to that and maybe we need to change our plan and obviously putin doesn't want them to know that or think that or or even have that information so he's trying to shut down 
every way yeah. they can get data. But, you know, the, uh, people like us, our, the, the equivalent of us, you know, techie people in Russia, they know how to, to get the information, even if he's shutting off Facebook and, and Twitter. Um, yeah. You know. By the way, did you see that Musk's satellite is, satellites are working well over there? The only downside is is wherever they plant those, uh, uh, they, they try to plant his uh, receivers in hidden locations, mm-hmm. but uh, because they become a target as soon as, as soon as you put uh, them up, yeah. Figures out, yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to put them where they have a a clear view of the full sky, and so they have to be up on top of a roof or something like that, and that makes them easy to yeah. pinpoint as targets. But uh, um, yeah, no, I think that's awesome. I think you know there there you want to see um, uh, you know free society working. That's that's an example of it. You know, it's like yeah. hey, somebody needs help and they need information and good information. Well, shoot, we've got stuff that works just great. Yeah. So. Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty clever of him. Yeah. Yeah, and I initially he shipped like I think ten over, but now he's been shipping quite a bit, quite a few more over there, and saying, "Hey, you know, you guys yeah. want to have internet? We'll we'll make sure you get it." Um, yeah. Well, I, I would thing... love to see them being snuck into into Russia so that you know more of Russian society could get information too. I was watching BBC News the other day, and they were interviewing a. Uh, uh, slightly older than middle-aged uh, woman in Russia. And she was looking at them straight face going, well, you know, the news says that they were a bunch of bad guys over there and we're just trying to protect the people in, in Ukraine. They're, they're our friends and we're trying to help them. And, you know, and, and, the, and the guy from BBC said, you know, tries to question the, and she goes, why would they lie on the news? Of course, that's what we're doing. We're trying to help them. I don't understand yeah. why you were, why you would even question that. You know, you know the best the best thing that Musk has done in the last couple of days is to tell the government to get off their butts and start producing uh, fuel, gas. Well, he's not the only one who's been doing that. There's quite a few people who've said, well, and they and they did just say finally uh, that they're cutting off, you know, the uh, any Russian purchases of gas, from the, and that's ten percent of our fuel right now. But what I haven't heard is what percentage of the fuel that's produced in Russia is that. Is it 1%? Yeah. Is it no, 80%? Seven, it's 17% of okay. Russia's exports. Okay, 17% of their exports just yeah, went away. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why the White House keeps using the other number, because they want it to sound small. Well, I want to know how it hurts Russia. That's the that, whole purpose of exactly. it. Exactly. That's why I want to, you know, I keep hearing the, oh, it's 10% of our oil. Well, great. We can get 10% of our oil somewhere else. And by the way, by the way, I don't know how to say that I trust the 17%. You know, it's just a yeah. number I saw. Yeah. And, and the news being what it is these days, you yeah. never know. Well, and it's not like Russia publishes that information. You know, it's they're, they're, yeah. it's, they're under no obligation to tell the rest of the world honestly anything. And so, I, you know, I don't know that I would trust, you know, it's, it's probably some, you know, people looking at how much they're selling other places. But, yeah. you know, we don't know. Like, the, we don't know how much they're selling to China. You know, we know how, mu- right. we know how much they're, you know, we, we can find out how much they're selling to Germany and to other European uh, countries, you know, and then we can work backwards from there, but we don't know. So, but, you know, let's, I hope it's a thorn in their side. I hope, you know, we, we we're you know, as much as I don't want to hurt the Russian people, the only way to, to, you know, do anything we can to affect any change in the behavior of their leader is to, you know, put some pressure on him. And so I'll tell you the one thing that I know is that the targeters on our side, know exactly where the first nukes go whenever the shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope it doesn't go to that extent. 
Let's all, I know. Let's I'm, all hope there. But absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they, they – exactly, yeah. And hopefully he knows that, and that's enough for him to say, okay, you know, yeah. I, I, I want to make it to tomorrow. Um, I do worry about the guy, though. You know, he's what – what they say? He's uh, 79, 71, something like that. that. Right? And And the average age uh, of men in Russia is 65. So he's already out. He, huh. He's he's beyond the norm there. Um, yeah. So I hope he doesn't get to the point where he goes, well, my days are numbered anyway, so I'm going to just burn it all down. Yeah. You yeah. know? You know, because it's his, his crazy uh, upbringing uh, and background that's, that's scary. He, he can't, comes out of the old Soviet Union. That's where he was trained. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Out of their, their spy network. He was a KGB guy. Right. You know, Um, although, you know, I was reading something, too. You know, you wonder, like, how on earth does how does a guy like that end up running their country? And it you know what he's done is he brought a bunch of stability because when Yelston was there, it was like mobs running the street. The bad guys were running everything. There was no law and order at all. And while there really isn't law and order, at least it's stable. People get their get their, um, you know, their. their, Life goes on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you can go to the store and buy your food, and you can and and that's why he's there. That's why he's in the position he is, is because the people went. You know, he's not a perfect guy, but you know what? There's not mayhem <laughs> in the street. I I can walk to the grocery store and not worry about being mugged by you know the mafia, the Russian mafia. So, um, yeah. you know, um, I understand how they got there, but. You know, you hope and pray that there's some way for them to make a change because they deserve to live in a better world than they do right now. And they certainly, uh, the people of Ukraine, deserve to live in a better world than they do right now. So, yep, yep. Well, I think we've kind of hit the end of everything that we were going to talk about, haven't we? I think so. I can't uh, recall anything else. Uh, I'd put up a couple things that were not related to the Apple show there on the. Uh huh. On the site, but I, but we don't need to talk about them today. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, we kind of covered everything that Apple talked about yesterday. I think it's kind of an exciting direction. I'm enthused, um, but I really, 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 really hope that uh, we see an iPad OS that gives you a flip to Mac mode for the iPad. Um, I think that would just be that would be the one more thing, mic drop shocker type of thing, if they can pull that off and give us that. Yeah. Well, it's it's coming down to being fundamentally a software problem, right? Yeah, I mean they've got all the hardware in place. It's sort of like them. Uh, we haven't heard them build out the um, using the U1 chip for audio yet, but we really believe that's also coming. And you know they but they built out everything with the U1 chip in it, right? They're building all mm-hmm. that stuff out so that the hardware's there, so that when they say, okay, now we're going to use that that piece of hardware differently, it's just a matter of software. And it yep. seems to me they're doing the same thing by putting the M1 into iPads. Is they're setting it all up so that they can say, okay, now you can pick which operating system you want to run. You can flip back and forth between them depending on what you're doing and how you need to use your device. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I, hope, I, I hope. figured that, you know, sort of outside uh, the box, uh, the, the, these, these guys can't extend or uh, keep doing this for much more than a year or two uh, from here uh, because people are just going to get fed up waiting and saying, well, they're never going to do it, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they've never promised that they would. No. 
No, I know. You know. And they've always said, you know, we're not going to create a touchscreen Mac. Yeah. But this isn't a touchscreen Mac. It's an iPad that can also run Mac OS. So, you know, it's, you know, I remember Steve Jobs going, you know, why would anybody want to watch video on a little screen? You know, until they came out with the video iPad or iPod, you know, the next year. Yeah. And then we've invented the greatest thing ever, the ability to watch video on this little screen. You can take it with you anywhere you want to go. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it just depends on what you're pitching, right? So, so we'll see. We'll see. I I just think it's a pretty exciting time in terms of uh, where they're going with the technology, which is interesting because I felt like tech had kind of gotten a little dull for a while, you know? Yeah. Before this sort of shift to Apple. Well, well, the whole shift was last year when they came up with the M1. I mean, you come out with those products. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's just accelerating now. Yeah. As they start moving their uh, everything to to Apple designed uh, chips. It uh, suddenly it's like, ooh, this is interesting. And we don't really know quite what to expect, you know, because like we were saying, nobody called a uh, Mac Studio as the thing that was going to be announced yesterday. That's right. You know, it's uh, not not even close. Right. Not even close. Well, and I hadn't heard anybody say, oh, they're just not going to make a 27 inch iMac this year. You know, everybody oh. was expecting that to come. And now that now it's like, oh, well, you get your 27 inch device. It's just in two pieces now. And so yep. you can modularly decide how much computing power you need with your 27-inch device. Yeah. Now, the, the iPad uh, sector of the Apple business is probably disappointed because it's just not not fitting exactly their concept of what a computer should be. You know, they've been trained so long. You know, I, like I, I have a good fraternity brother, Dick Wolf. You've heard me talk about him. Right. He's always had iMacs, you know. Yeah. And I bet he was looking for a new new iMac upgrade. Yeah. He wanted that about, that twenty seven inch iMac <laughs> that had the more powerful chips in it, right? And it's like, oh well, this is different. Yeah. Now you have to have a box sitting next to your monitor. Oh. Yeah. Although I don't think he's had his last one for more than five years yet. So right. You know, usually you don't start looking until you starts to get a little rusty <laughs> yeah well that said and you know it, it, i think that because of the switch to to mac or apple silicon from from intel there are some people who are saying you know hey that device that i normally would have kept for five to seven years i might keep three to five years now you know right. i might not keep it quite yeah. as long because i want to move over to the newer the newer software or the newer hardware rather um, yep. um you know because apple will continue to support the intel stuff for five or six years anyway but uh, you know, it's just you know. But you you hate to have bought a major product just before that. Uh, you you have, you gather that understanding that right. it's been a seismic shift. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, well, okay. that's it then. Thanks for joining us on Generation Tech. We do have other podcasts through the Shack Out Back Network. You can watch uh, or listen to. Uh, two Minute Tech and uh, Two for Brew. And if you enjoy this, we hope you would enjoy those as well. If you enjoy what you're listening to, please give us a five-star rating. And if you don't enjoy it, then you probably haven't listened this far into the show. 
<laughs> so yeah. we'll be back next week. Uh, back on Monday again next week. This week we, uh, for those of you, we didn't say it right up front, but we did. We waited till Wednesday to record because we were waiting till the end of the Apple event on Tuesday. So that's why we're a little behind this yeah. week. But uh, we'll okay. See y'all next week. See you then. Bye. Bye bye. How are you this morning? Pretty good. I just got off a of Zoom with a bunch of people in California doing exercises. Fun. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Zooming for about three hours straight today. So anyway, then Mom and I have to go watch the boys. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're Skyping. You're not Zooming. We're Skyping. Oh, that's right. I'm Skyping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. So, uh, anyway, I don't didn't send you any messages on this other thing because they're pretty much all over the place. You Did you send me anything recently? I have not no. been doing anything before this two hours before that, like I usually do. Yeah. No, this is this today. We're talking about the stuff they announced yesterday. So. That's really what this, you know, we're going to do a special edition, so. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, what do you want to use as kind of an outline? Um, I'm trying to see if there's something, uh, you know, which which place has it. Probably, um, uh, let's see. If I've got a good review of the of the stuff I've got one called everything announced at Apple's event and uh, kind of use that and okay. talk about each one send me the link okay There you go. There it is. <clears throat> I mean, there's, uh, I don't know if there's any details in this. Uh, I guess under each one, I guess, yeah, you can touch each one, and it brings up then the details. Right. So they got basically... So, yeah, okay. That, that looks like a pretty good thing maybe to follow. Yeah, it's the five five major items that were brought up. Uh, yeah. Well, they don't really... I guess they do. There's the phone. Uh, well, and the Major League Baseball will be on Apple TV now. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. But that has other repercussions, but we'll talk about that. Let's get started.